other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. Let me begin with a thank you for making this show once again number one in its time slot in the ratings that came out yesterday, or I guess technically two days ago. For me, it's yesterday because I took Monday off. We are once again, I think this is the eighth straight month, either seventh or eighth, where we are beating every other radio station in New York City that's on at this time between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. So thank you for that. Uh, I think you've shown that what we've been doing on this show is working, that the experimental style of radio that we do, which doesn't fit any one type of description, is something that uh, might be worth trying for other stations. And I also want to congratulate uh, my colleagues on the station as a whole who've done really well. Dominic Carter, number one in his time slot, Rita Cosby, Uh, number one in her time slot, and the morning show, the guys in the mornings, 6 to 10, number one morning show in New York City, AM or FM, which is an extraordinary achievement. So congratulations to everybody. And the station as a whole did great. These numbers are publicly available. You can look them up. We went from a 3.1 share as a station. That means out of every 100 radios, three were tuned to WABC, which was a lot higher than we were, by the way. We went from a 3.1 share to a 4.1 share, jumping a full share point in only one month in a month that is traditionally not the best month for the news talk format. So congratulations to all of my colleagues and a big thank you to John Katsimatidis, who gives me the opportunity to do this show every day, and to our president, Chad Lopez. But most of all, thank you to you for keeping us number one. And hopefully our audience will only continue to grow as a show and as a station. Uh, we got a great show for you. We got the latest on the Mar-a-Lago raid. Going to talk with one of my favorite legal scholars, Alan Dershowitz. I know you've heard him on other shows today with Rita Cosby and with John Katsimatidis, but is going to be a very different type of interview from what you might have heard. I like to pick out some of the nuanced legal issues that you might not have heard much about and ask Alan about those. Uh, We're going to talk pizza with Scott Weiner, and I'm going to be joined by James Rosen, a former Staten Islander, currently the chief White House correspondent for Newsmax. We're going to talk of all things Watergate. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Thanks for listening. Rats, rats, rats. Now, when you work my hours, which means basically you come to work in the dark, and very often, depending on the time of the year, you leave work when it's dark. And when you work my former hours, which were morning show hours in Manhattan... You're used to coming to work in the dark. You get used to seeing one thing. Well, not one thing. You get used to seeing many things. And in Manhattan, that means seeing rats. There are rats all over Manhattan. And apparently, the problem has gotten so much worse. The problem is, if you'll pardon the pun, rat shitting up. Thank you. But um, there's now a big debate over... What's responsible for the uptick in rats in Manhattan? And not just Manhattan, because it happens in Brooklyn, too. Critics of outdoor dining are blaming outdoor dining, which a lot of people seem to like. I like it, too. I don't like losing all those parking spots, but I do like it. 
They're blaming outdoor dining for the rise in rats. The cause and effect theory that has now been echoed across the media, but a lot of rat experts interviewed by the publication Streets Blog, they're saying that outdoor dining is merely a small factor in the recent rat spottings. They are saying that the city's got much bigger fish to fry when it comes to mitigating its rodent infestation, like how the city disposes of its trash in thin, leaking, smelly garbage bags that line the sidewalk for blocks, creating a welcoming home with abundant food and shelter. What do you think? I'm not going to really get into this because we have to talk about the Mar-a-Lago affair and the Trump investigation. Not going to get into this this hour, but if you have thoughts on this or if you have any expertise in terms of either garbage or outdoor dining, or for that matter, rats. I'd love to hear from you. Give me an email, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. That's frank.morano at wabcradio.com. What's causing the rat uptick? To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, it's no secret that if you're an incumbent running for office, and it doesn't really matter the office, it could be U.S. Senate, it could be Congress, it could be state legislature, it could be president. If you're the incumbent and you're running for re-election, you've got all sorts of advantages. You've got an advantage when it comes to name recognition, you get to send out free mail, you get to do all sorts of things. Well, one advantage that Governor Hochul has been making quite prolific use of is something that she might be getting a little too carried away with, and that is her use of state aircraft. The New York Post has done a big article all about how the governor flying around has, at taxpayer expense, been doing a great deal of campaigning. The governor's high-flying travel habits have cost the public more than, wait for this, $250,000 since she took office last year. Now, obviously, the New York Post, which is a conservative paper, is calling her out for this. The Assembly Minority Leader, who's a Republican, William Barclay, is calling her out for this. But a lot of the good government groups aren't happy about this either. You have the gentleman who's the head of uh, Reinvent New York. He's saying the governor is getting an incredibly sweet deal and basically is incentivized by lax rules to use state aircraft. Now, campaign disclosures filed last month show Hochul with $11.7 million left ahead of the November 8th election. And state police maintain three airplanes on behalf of Hochul, who ethics rules say should only use them for bona fide government business. Now, the bottom line is you could always find a political reason for a governmental visit, and I'm sure she does a lot of that. But what she should do is what presidential candidates do. If you're a president and you're flying around the country on Air Force One and Trump did this, Obama did this, Bush did this, Clinton did it, everybody does it, and you're doing campaign work, you're still the president. It means you're still doing governmental work and political work simultaneously. What they do is they make the campaigns reimburse the taxpayer for the cost of the fuel and for the cost of the airplane. The New York State Legislature, and this is not a Democrat or Republican issue, the New York State Legislature ought to pass legislation right away mandating that any governor do the same thing that the president has to do. That's just my two cents. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more 
more to go. We're not done yet. By now, I am sure you have seen some coverage of the war of words that is brewing between New York City's Mayor Eric Adams and the Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Essentially, Adams is blaming Greg Abbott for the problems in New York City's shelter system, which, by the way, the New York City Council is disputing and a number of other people are disputing that uh, all the problems with their shelter system being overrun and inadequate are due to all of the illegal aliens that are coming to New York by way of Texas. So Adams suggested that he would bust New Yorkers down to Texas to campaign against Greg Abbott for the good of America. That's a quote in response to this move to send illegal immigrants to New York. Adams said, I already called my friends in Texas and told them how to cast their ballots. And I'm deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking because we have to for the good of America. We have to get them out of office. Do you really think if you're a Texan and a whole bunch of New Yorkers say he's taking illegal immigrants out of your state and sending them here, do you really think that's going to do anything to cost Greg Abbott votes? Of course not. But here's the other thing. Three years ago, there was a story, this was widely reported at the time, that New York City sends its homeless people to Hawaii and to other states without even telling the politicians in those places. So whether it's the shores of Honolulu and Puerto Rico or Utah, Louisiana, New York sends homeless families to 373 cities across the country with a full year of rent in their pockets. Now, this was done under Mayor de Blasio, not Mayor Adams. But to some extent, and look, I feel bad that we're having to deal with this influx of migrants. And I hope Eric Adams puts his substantial influence to use in influencing the White House to do something about the border situation and the immigration situation in this country more broadly. But you can't be complaining that folks are sending us illegal immigrants when we're shipping out our own homeless people. Come on. A little hypocritical, isn't it? To be continued.